Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday, so let's get to the highly anticipated, always appreciated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope everybody else there is doing well. Uh, you know, listen, I decided I've, uh, I'm going to stop a few things. One of, one of them is uh, I'm going to stop being a people pleaser. That is if everybody's okay with that. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, Duff is pleasing us every Friday without fail. Thanks for the laughs, Mr. McKagan. Duff and GNR are getting ready to hit the road, going to the Middle East, Europe, and North America. Dates start June 1st in Abu Dhabi. And, of course, they're going to Indio, California for this Power Trip Festival. Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> Metallica, and Tool. It's like a dream lineup, so it's going to be great as well. So go check out Guns N' Roses and check out Fozzie on our spring tour. It's well underway. The shows have been amazing. So many sellouts and great crowds. Thanks for coming to rock with us. We got another sellout uh, last night uh, in Pittsburgh, and tonight we are in Louisville, Friday night in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, uh, of course. Uh, Saturday is uh, Flint, Michigan, which is sold out. Sunday is Columbus, which is almost sold out. I think they keep uh, increasing the capacity because so many tickets are being sold there. Grand Rapids on Monday. Then we got a few days off and start up again April 13th. So go to uh, FozzyRock.com for all information on those shows. And don't forget our big co-headlining tour with Ugly Kid Joe starting May 4th in Los Angeles. We're going to Las Vegas, Albuquerque, Houston, Dallas. Full list and all ticket information is at FozzyRock.com. We still got a VIP uh, meet and greets available, one of the best in the business. We uh, meet you. We take pictures with you, sign autographs, give you a fist bump, even play a private mini concert just for you. So hit us up at FozzyRock.com, and we'll see you on the road. And today on the show, the very funny RJ City, host of Hey, EW, which releases new episodes at the crack of dawn every Sunday on YouTube. And we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to take a page out of RJ's interview book and do this uh, talk as Jericho combined with, hey, EW, he's going to ask me some questions. I'm going to ask some questions to him. We're going to interview each other. We're going to cover RJ's legit acting career. He's played a wrestler in many movies and TV shows and shared the screen with the likes of Kevin Nash and Roddy Piper. We'll talk about how RJ came into AEW and started, hey, EW. He's got stories about his time wrestling on the indies, his brief run at WWE, his friendship with David Arquette, uh, and his questions for me involve my various reality TV appearances. We get into the behind the scenes of the award-winning Dinner Debonair with MJF and I. Plenty of laughs, awkward topics, presents were given, questions were asked with RJ City, starting right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. I'm here with the uh, illustrious uh, and very mysterious RJ City. Well, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and you brought some uh, treats here today for our uh, conversation. What did you bring? Describe. I had, you know, my mother's head going. You showed up to mm. the podcast and you didn't bring anything. Right. So as you requested, I have celery sticks. Okay. Which I think will give us a nice fresh crunch to nice. start off yeah, with, right? Yeah. You don't want to eat something that will bog you down. And then halfway <laughs> through, if we hit a lull, I brought peeps. 
Oh, the little marshmallow rabbits. Yeah, they're normally those chickadee yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But this is Easter almost. I, I don't know like when the Cadbury Easter cream eggs for the next time for next Easter. Let's see how this one goes. Yeah. Taste yourself. This could be an annual Easter uh, uh, sure. episode here. And this will else? be like watching the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like watching uh, planes, trains, and automobiles on Thanksgiving. Yes. And now you get the RJ City uh, Chris Jericho meeting of the minds every uh, every uh, April. But hopefully, unlike all John Hughes films, this one will just be funny, and then we'll stop when it starts to get sad. Yeah, yeah. There's no sappiness here. Yeah. I, I haven't been home in years. <laughs> and uh, then- And what else did you bring? I brought you uh, some cold brew coffee, which you seem unfamiliar with. Uh, yeah, I have hot coffee here. Yeah. Le- legit hot coffee. So would this be the same as normal coffee, but it's just cold? It's brewed- for 12 to 24 hours in oh. room temperature water. Oh, wow. Yeah. The That's... same way you would make perhaps iced tea. There you go. Yeah. See, I'm, I was this many days old when I learned the uh, real secrets behind cold brew. Uh, and that's what you bring to the table here, RJ It's not, well, it's at least something. So, uh, once again, uh, it was a guest on your show. Hey, EW. Thank you. Had a great time. Watch it every week now. Oh, uh, sweet of you. And it's funny because it reminds me of the... Um, what was the guy's name? He's the the comedian, and he had a show where you would walk Richard Belzer, <laughs> and you would choke him out. Is what yes. it is. Eric Andre. Yes. Where if you understand what you're getting into, it's a much better experience. If you don't understand what you're getting into, a lot of people have no idea what the you're talking about. Correct. Yes. Which is, I think, maybe a much better experience for the viewer. Right. You right. know, they like that tension of what is going on, and many people don't seem to understand. A lot of people will figure it out halfway through. Well, let's, uh, and obviously today we're going to do kind of an amalgamation, which yes. is an excellent word, might I say, <laughs> of my show and your show. You've brought some uh, detailed notes. So let's just. As I have as well. Yes. You said, hey, let's let's come do a, maybe a longer version of what we did. Yeah, but I want to combine too. I want to turn the tables proverbially on you. Yes. But I was so neurotic about it that when you messaged me, I got out of bed and started writing. Right. And then it got delayed because you're a busy fella. Yeah. So I've worked on this for about three months now, <laughs> and it's a solid four pages long. We're going to have to do a couple, uh, a couple of uh, episodes here to get it all in. But just to, because I have to do my due diligence as a uh, award-winning journalist, yes. tell us how Hey EW came about because I knew nothing about it. I just see you hanging around <laughs> and then always doing some kind of a show. <laughs> And then I watched the Regal episode, and I was like, I, I want a part of this. Right, So, which is very sweet of you. Amazing, amazing. So uh, how did this start? I was working at WWE for about a year and a half. Really? The reason I worked there was because of David Arquette. Ah. He, during the middle of the pandemic, he smuggled me onto one of their Zoom calls. They were trying to see how many celebrities they could get on Zoom. And he was like, just click on this link. So I clicked on it, and it's a big wall of it's me, Rey Mysterio, the Bellas, Mar- Maria Menounos, and they're going, who is this person? <laughs> right, right. And then me and David did a thing, and I thought, well, that's nice, and they'll edit it out. And they didn't, and then they contacted me, and they needed people who were good at, I guess, talking via webcam, and that seemed to be me. <laughs> so I did a bunch of stuff for them. I did a million more things that never materialized into anything, which was very frustrating because all the stuff going on. And then I'll just we did a WrestleMania special in between WrestleManias. And then, to put it politely, a big tide came in and washed everything away. And I went- Mass cuttings. Yes. Yeah. 
which, uh, yeah, it was very, very frustrating because everyone seemed to like what I was doing. And you were just basically a backstage personality because you do have wrestling experience. Yes. But this was more of just a backstage. Yeah, I did a, a, a weekly interview segment on The Bump. I would do the watch-alongs. And the WrestleMania special was just me talking to wrestlers on Zoom and then doing skits and stuff. And I thought it was great. They wanted to do another one. I was working on that. And then pff, nothing. The okay. Purge. The Purge, and then I went, okay, we're done. I did WWE, to hell with this. I'm gonna go work on some TV stuff. So I was doing, I was just working on like development and writing on some other things. And then out of the blue, Tony Khan DM'd me. And he's like, are you not with WWE anymore? He's like, no. And it turned out he was a fan of my comedy videos, a, a fan like where he quoted it. And I was like, how do you, you know, and he has an insane brain. Yeah. And then he's also, and I didn't know how literate he was, like what a comedy nerd he was. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Larry Sanders. Let's talk about Wings. Yes. And he was like, do you want to come over here? I, I had tweeted about one of the ideas I pitched where I was a driver on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> and he said, you have to come do this and we'll do sit down interviews. I was like, okay, great. And he gave whoever the green light, Kevin Sullivan, who's like my editor, director, mm -hmm. I guess boss technically. And uh, no one has given me one note since no one has looked at any script and i've been doing it now for a year which is insane to think about my favorite episode was uh jake hager yeah where all he said was i like this hat in about 15 different uh intonations yes lots of range very entertaining i really enjoyed it my favorite was uh when jr we did one and he said do you work here <laughs> and i thought this is you are everything i wanted it's amazing so um, let's get into it yeah. here. Uh, okay. So RJ, yes. what city? I consider myself a burgeoning metropolis. I got you on that one right you out of the did. gate. You did. You yeah. did. It was really this good. This reminds me of when I uh, interviewed Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap, and it was actually Derek Smalls. Yes. And I said to him when he was doing his solo record, my first question was, so a solo record, why now and why bother? And I got him. Right and out of the gate, stunned. I got him. And you got me. So you're a burgeoning metropolis. I think so. I'm on my way. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be a city. So I feel like I'm manifesting. Did you ever think of other names? RJ Metropolis? A little bit more uh, I originally esoteric. started as RJ Hamlet. Mm -hmm. and it was a little too folksy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it played only with a certain area. Sure, sure, sure. Um, oh, hold on. I have an ad read. <clears throat> hey, is Jericho is brought to you by Nebraska Lamb. When you're in the mood for the most sheepish of meats, think of the greatest state in the Great Plains, Nebraska Lamb. We'll have you saying shanks. That was good. Go ahead, continue. That's good, thanks, man. That's great. No That's problem. Uh, and so RJ Village. Yes. A lot of RJ Town. Yes. And but then RJ City is what you... Well, yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. You know, you're responsible sure. for a lot more. You don't want to over overstate yourself either. RJ right. Metropolis is really kind of... You know, uh, we're expecting a really big talent. Here. Yes. And yeah. I would also say, ideally, within five years, I'll become the greater RJ area. <laughs> the greater. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so uh, another question I wanted to ask you is, you know, I kind of did uh, some, some research here on you. <laughs> Uh, and I would like you to explain, because I don't want to get too far into the dirt. Uh, yes. Explain to me the uh, genius uh, concept behind Splat-A-Lot. Okay. Please. Splat-A-Lot was a children's television show that was like Wipeout, but for kids. Okay. And I was, it was like, uh, I was like an American Gladiator, and you got to taunt the kids as you shot things at them. And you were uh, Gildar. Gildar. I was the handsome Viking. And it was on YTV 
as you would know, as a Canadian. In Canada, right. And it was on BBC. Mm-hmm. And it was on Nickelodeon. We got picked up by Nickelodeon. I thought, this is amazing. And then they burned through it in a summer. But since it was non-union, it's still in syndication. So it is uh, almost like an American Gladiators for Kids. Yes. Okay. Or like uh, Takeshi's Castle. Are you familiar with the old? That's uh, almost as a video game, is it not? No, it was a Japanese game. You remember Most Extreme Elimination Challenge? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, the real Japanese game show that that's based on. Okay. And yeah, so I would be a character and I would insult 12-year-olds. So can I ask you some opinions on some of the other characters? Please. And I think this is, we'll do, I'll volley some questions at you. I would love and this. And you can volley some back at me. That would so, be great. I would like to know your opinion on Nitrous. Uh, nitrous, I knew very well mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. Right. Uh, she was incredibly tall. She had a Grace Jones quality oh, to her. Oh, yes. I like that. And yeah. I was just, you know, an Andy Warhol in her presence, mm-hmm. where it's like, can I just stand in the corner and take pictures of you? <laughs> Um, and also uh, Tinkor. Tinkor. He yeah. was a, a smaller character. He built all the castle and he burped and grunted and that kind of thing. Right. And I, I used him as if like I had an adopted son that I wasn't really crazy about. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He was a serious actor, though. Oh, one of those guys? He was one of those. I mean, I, he did a great job with his character, right. but he also took it very seriously. It's like one of those guys who's like, you know, playing Goofy at Disneyland. He's like, this is real. This is my... Yeah, know. no, Goofy wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and so, but what was, like, what was Tinkor? Like, what was... You were a gladiator. I was a gladiator. What was Tinkor? Tinkor was the guy who was in charge of all the weapons. Oh. He was like toiling... You know, oh, in the dungeon word, and thank you. Toiling. When you're in a dungeon, <laughs> yes. you got to toil. You, there's nothing, you, you can't That's loiter. Per- yeah, you can't. You have to toil. You're not working. You're either in it, you're yeah. either locked up, yeah. or you're toiling. You're toiling. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, last question about uh, Splat, uh, Splat a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, kind of getting the, the, the vibe that the host, uh, Jason Agnew, uh-huh. a little bit of prima donna maybe, or? Uh, a little bit, a little bit of a fancy lad. Yeah. He's one of those wrestling people oh he had a wrestling radio show for a long oh, time that's why i know the name yes jason agnew from the law yes i knew that uh, sounded familiar he's the very same jason agnew wow yeah, and he brought the exact same pompous attitude to children's television mm. where i'm you know i'm better than you mm. i'm gonna critique this i'm older than you yeah you're just a child right and he would watch me you know shoot things at children and go i eh, give it two and a half Right. You know? Which he definitely could have given you a three easy. It would have been nice. Yeah. Maybe if we were in Takeshi's Castle, maybe if it was in Japan, he would have given me a three. Alas, you were in Peterborough or whatever it was. Uh, Orangeville. Orangeville. Yeah, Orangeville maybe Christian, Christian, yes. There you could go. come join us. Okay. Yeah. And you can still check that out on YTV in syndication once you, in a while, maybe? I, I think it's been out for so long and made so little money that you could probably watch all of it on YouTube. Okay, well, we'll look for that. Thank uh, you. In the upcoming future. But enough about me. Okay. Because since the last time we talked, you've come up with about five new nicknames. Oh, yeah, that's true. You move through them all almost like a one-man show where one guy plays all these characters, you know? Yeah. It's like normal you, then you put on a fedora, and all of a sudden it's, you know, pain maker, pain maker, make me some pain, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm the Billy Crystal of catchphrases. Yes, it's great. And yeah. I look forward to your uh, 700 Wednesdays, I think would be a really nice title for you. <laughs> Let's dissect a few of the lesser known ones. Okay. And if they gain enough traction, they can always come back. Right. Tell me about Jumpin' Chris Jericho. Jumpin' Chris Jericho was the name. Uh, we're actually close to where I was jumping Chris Jericho in Hayward, California, mm. which is just down the road from San Francisco, okay. which is where we are right now. A hop, now. skip, and a jump. Hop, skip, and a jump over the bridge. 
And um, I came down to Hayward because they had a show called uh, Bay Area Wrestling, and it was on Sports Channel America. So coming from Calgary, I thought, if I can get on Sports Channel America, this could be my end to, right. to the WWE. It was 1992. And so that's when I came down. And it's one of those things, like, when you first start, you don't really know what they're going to call you. I had my name, Chris Jericho. And when the Sports Channel America, which had the production value of Weird Al Yankovic's UHF mm -hmm. movie, and I saw the jumping Chris Jericho. And I'm like, I don't even know if I like that because there's a, there's a C in the middle. Ugh. If it was jumping Jimmy Jericho. Right. Or, like, crushing Chris Jericho. But jumping Chris Jericho, you're losing a little bit of the allegory there. The alliteration. The alliteration. That's yeah, what I was sorry. looking for. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I do like allegory, though. Yeah, well, it is. But see, this is what you do. You, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, you are an interviewer per se. Yes. And I guess. You but know, what was so esoteric about it? Nice word. Thank you. Was that you jumped pretty much the average time of every other wrestler? Pretty much, and about the average height too. Right, but I think that was a commentary, really, on how much any wrestler jumps. And if there's a J in your name, mm -hmm. they're going to give you a jump in. And once yes. again, jumping Jimmy Brunzel, that works better right. than jumping Chris Jericho. And so, jumping Joey Max. Jumping Joey Max. Let's play well, respect to yeah, all the jumpers. Yes, yes, exactly. And then uh, vitamin C, you called yourself vitamin C for a while. Is I that did. because you were acidic or because as we go on, we remember all the times we had together? Um, well, that's why I wasn't allowed to use vitamin C because I'm assuming that's a song by uh, the vitamin C, vitamin C yes. yeah, and I wanted to copyright it, but they wouldn't let me because vitamin C gentleman lady a lady group yeah. lady she had already gotten the trademark, so I wasn't allowed to really ever have a vitamin C T-shirt. Right. Uh, and then when Christian joined, we were a tag team. He claims he came up with vitamin C for him, but that's not true. I came up with vitamin C for me. Couldn't trademark it and say, well, you can take it because we're not going to make any money off it anyways. Mm. And at no time did you think maybe I should be Herbal J or something? I didn't ever think that. But the thing with the vitamin C is, is it's very prominent in oranges, mm -hmm. lemons, and limes. Mm -hmm. Which of the three is it that I was more uh, into as vitamin C? That's for me to know. Right. Yeah, that's that's for me. That's like Tom fine. Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. Yes. That memory's just for Some me. things you have to hold on to. Yeah, then exactly. you were the king of bling bling, yep. which I liked because you appropriated from multiple cultures at the same time. Uh, yeah. Some people just do bling and you're like, meh. You really said equality. I'm taking from everyone at once. I was very street. Yes, you know, but I, also the the monarchy. Well, well like we discussed last, the monarchy as well, exactly. But like we discussed on, on our episode of Hey, EW, uh, Bad Mama Jamma mm -hmm. was another one I used. Also very street, uh, Rick James-esque yes. term. So King of Bling Bling, monarch, uh, it's like I'm the king of the street. Mm -hmm. Is basically, if you read between the lines, that's what you got with that one. Right. Yeah. And then let's go way back. Okay. Tell me about Jack Action. Uh, Jack Action was um, uh, a little known fact is it's a, a, a Wasp song. The band, 80s metal band Wasp okay. had a song called Jack Action. And I thought that was just the coolest name ever. Right. And then when you lost to Action Andretti, was he like the ghost of Action's past to it, you? It was bad. And then, the, the, so if, uh, I just saw Jack Cartwheel last night. Mm -hmm. If that guy beats me, then I'm really going downtown to China. Do you go up to them and say, don't make the same mistakes I did? Well, I would love to put them together as a tag team. Jack Cartwheel and just Action Andretti. Just for you. Jack Action. Right. It writes itself. And I always win. Uh, I was going to call myself Jack Action. I even uh, I had a notebook that I was practicing my autograph, Jack Action, and the action in the N would turn into a star, mm. which I stole from Paul Stanley, who turned the Y into a star. Uh -huh. And uh, Lance Storm, at the time, 
uh, saw me practicing my autograph and said, Jack Action, is that what you're going to call yourself? It's a terrible name. And I was like, no, I'm not going to call myself Jack Action. Then I'm like, what the f*** am I going to call myself? Wow. And on the passenger side of my 76 Volari was a cassette tape by German heavy metal band Halloween, and it was called The Walls of Jericho. Mm. And the rest is rock and roll history. Oh, if you say so. Yeah. RJ City. Yes. Can I ask you what uh, the RJ might stand for? Sometimes rim job. Okay. You know? Other times? A real jerk. Oh, they don't like wow. me. I had always said it stood for Raul Julia, because I was a big fan of One from the Heart. Nice. Nice. Which he was really good I didn't in. know maybe if you were a fan of Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, a little too athletic for me, but sure. The yeah. aforementioned Rick James. Mm-hmm. I almost stepped on my own joke on that one. Didn't even <laughs> think about that. Uh, how about uh, Ramon Jacinto? H- how about him? Yeah. I'm, I, I do you What's see your opinion on Ramon Jacinto? Do you see a lot of Ramon Jacinto in it's Ramon? J- Ramon Jacinto. Yeah. Who is Ramon Jacinto? Well, we're gonna get to that. Uh, and then also too. Well, basically, what I did in my extensive research. Yes. I looked up Famous R.J. Uh, names. The and cigarette company, R.J. Reynolds. R.J. Reynolds. Yes. Ramon Jacinto came up. So we're going to Google him <laughs> while we're on the air, much like uh, uh, Adam Carolla does. Right. Except for he has somebody to do Google for him. But I'm actually looking right now. Ramon Jacinto is a Filipino businessman, and he's st- in his Google picture, he's holding a guitar. Oh, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. He looks like a nice guy. He looks like a, a, a human mullet. Party on mm-hmm. top, business in the back. <laughs> He looks like a guy who would be having a concert at a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playing like you know, Tiny Bubbles by Don Ho. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Ray Jackendoff. Mm-hmm. Another famous RJ. I, I used to, and yeah. then I got older and got a girlfriend. <laughs> Randy Johnson, the big rig. Big, tall. I loved that guy. You're tall. Yeah, I have a little length to me. I was that. told that I tweet smaller than I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, by Jim Ross. Some or? people go, oh, oh, uh, no, he doesn't oh. follow me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, a few more here. Randy Jackson, dog. Yes. Yes. Dog, RJ. He was too much of the mediator. Okay. You know, he yeah, would yeah. calm things. I like to poke yeah, a little. Poke, right. You're yeah. more the Simon of, uh, of yes. hey, EW. Uh, and then the last two kind of fall in the same category, known for their sexual exploits. Mm. Ron Jeremy City. Oh, I, I think he's been. I think he's oh, been, he's been canceled. canceled. We probably can't say that yeah, anymore. No. How about Ray J? Didn't he have a sex tape with uh Oh, Kim yeah, okay. Kardashian? I think we can take him. We'll go with that then. Okay. Ray J City, which is almost RJ City. Yes. If you ever want to go, if you want to go street, mm-hmm. like I did with King of Bling Bling and Bad Mama Jamma, you right. can be Ray J City. Okay, I'll do you one better. Okay. Uh, if any of your demo is dead, they'll probably get this reference. Are you familiar with Billy Saluga? I am not. You can call me Ray. You can call me Jay. Do you know that? Do you remember that guy? You yeah. don't have to call me Mr. Johnson. Are you familiar with that? Well, I know that you can call me Ray. You can call me Jay. Was that yes. like on Goofy Greats on KTL Records in the 70s? Well, it was, was his like... act. It was his only thing the guy did. Oh, was he a comedian? Yeah. Oh, And okay. he would show up on like the David Steinberg show nice. and say that. But in that, he said, you can call me RJ. And I watched that as a child and thought, this is my this guy. Is perfect. Yeah. I love the fact you just brought up David Steinberg, <laughs> which nobody, unless you're from the Toronto area, or watched SCTV when Martin Short used to play David yes. Stein. Even then it was an obscure reference. David Steinburn. Berg. Berg, David yeah. Steinberg. He was a Canadian interviewer that usually was on either at like 1 o'clock in the morning or like 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something, right? No, he was a comedian. 
No, but he has his own show though. The well, David yeah, Steinberg yeah, yeah, yeah. show, and he still does. He still ta- he directs He's now. Still he directs around. Curb Your Enthusiasm. He directed Mad About You. Really? Yeah. Next time AEW is in LA, we, let's get a hold of David Steinberg. You think David Steinberg lives in LA at this point, or is he back in Toronto? Well, I guess if he's doing feature, talking to yeah. people, yeah, yeah, talking, yeah, okay, I think so. All I'd right. be interested. Have you seen The Wizard of Oz? I have seen The Wizard. You've of Oz. seen the whole film uh, many times, okay? Because this is my issue. Okay, the Lion got the courage, mm-hmm. and the Tin Man got the heart. <laughs> That's a true story. So you think you would either be Lion Courage, Chris Jericho, Mm-mm. or Tin Heart, Chris Jericho? That would be uh, if you were naming yourself after Wizard of Oz character. Mm-hmm. Or if you were Buddy Epson, you could be Severe Aluminum Dust Reaction. A Buddy Epson reference. Mm-hmm. It only took 21 <laughs> minutes and 11 seconds. A new that. record. Very good. Um, the problem is uh, there was a fellow that kind of predates Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. named King Richard. Okay. Uh, who was a, a, a knight uh, back in the days of wizards like Merlin the Wizard mm-hmm. and those types of guys. And he was called Richard, Sir Richard the Lionheart. Right. So I think Lionheart's kind of the proper nomenclature uh-huh. for that nickname far prior to me. Right. So he just read the Frank Oz books? Well, I, but no, because I, I would assume that probably Frank Oz might have had an issue with medieval uh, times. Right. And thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake it up a bit. Right. You know, I can do what I want. Well, uh, well, and then you call you yourself Frank Oz or Frank L. Baum. Frank L. Baum. Oh, that's I tried it. to yes, yeah. Frank Oz. Uh, yeah, Yoda. Yes. The voice of Yoda. And I just thought you were big Wizard of Oz guys because you also call yourself the Wizard, which I guess now is an homage to Kevin Nash. No, it goes back to once again the King Arthur's court. Okay. Sir Richard the Lionheart, Merlin the right. Wizard. So, like forty-five years from now, you don't think the Wizard gimmick will be rebooted with perhaps diverse casting? It could be. We'll be a more diverse. Word for wizard. Well, I mean, it would be played by Diana Ross. Oh, nice. The Wiz. Yeah. The Wiz. Thank Actually, that, that's my next one. As I'm going to call my copyright lawyer right now and, and, and trademark The Wiz. I'm sure it's this not This is how taken. I work. Every single time I think of something, because Gene Simmons told me, trademark everything. So I'm going to trademark The Wiz. And he was playing Bella Lugosi at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Clint Bobsky? Okay, that's, that is a good question. So Clint Bobsky has been in existence since 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, too young to go to wrestling school, because you had to be 18, uh, I graduated high school at 17 because I'm a genius. Yes. And I was born in November, so that's just the way it worked out. Uh, you, I went to uh, uh, Red River uh, Community College mm-hmm. and took creative communications, which was advertising, PR, journalism, television, radio, creative writing, basically everything that I still do. Right. And we used to have to do like mock sports casts for television class. You know, you would do these types of things. So I was always Clint Bobsky. Yes. Uh, it just was a funny name that we loved. And to the point where even in the Red River College 1989 yearbook, Chris Irvin is not included. Clint Bobsky is. Chris Irvin doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But if you went to check the records, mm. I never went to Red River College. But Clint Bobsky did. He's actually in the yearbook. So according to my sources, you trademarked Clint Bobsky two (laughs) years ago, and you don't seem to have done anything with it since. See, I told you to trademark everything. (laughs) Pull the strings. My suggestion would be maybe next Dynamite, you flash a QR code. It takes you to like a flash website, and it'll say Bobsky is coming. And then you can just string people along, and the more you don't explain it, the smarter people will think it is. Okay, well, check this out, though. It's funny that you mentioned this in WWE. 
because we did a, a thing called uh, Southern Championship Wrestling. Uh, Southpaw. Southpaw Wrestling. And I wanted to be the backstage interviewer, Clint Bobsky. Yes. So we did that. And then early on to AEW, Cody Rhodes did a, a this really strange vignette where he had like DDP talking about him and he was like in a sensory deprivation chamber and it was very strange. So I, as a heel... Uh, had to mock this sure so i did it in a bathtub with the lights out and then i brought in my uh, high school teacher uh patricia bobsky wow got a cease and desist letter <laughs> from wwe this is not a joke wow you cannot use the term bobsky because clint bobsky is southpaw wrestling and i right. was like really so i did what gene told me to do went to the trademark office guess guess who had not trademarked the Bobsky name or any of his family members. Wow. WB. So I got the Clint Bobsky trademark. They just and that's love why. sending the C and D. Yeah. Just, just for kicks. Yeah. But they didn't even copyright it. And I, Clint Bobsky is my intellectual property. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Know, maybe, intellectual maybe should be underlined there. <laughs> exactly. That was excellent. That's good. I like your uh, half Canadian, half uh, New York accent. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so uh, I would like to talk about another uh, uh, nom de plume that you had, uh, which is your uh, acting career as R.J. Skinner. Yes. And this is not uh, uh, not uh, in the same realm as, as, as the aforementioned canceled Ron Jeremy or right. Ray J. This is serious acting. Mm-hmm. And I uh, have uh, your filmography here Please. Yes. that I would like for you to give me some memories from uh, each of them. So the first one is 2016's uh, amazing the Masked Saint. Oh, yes. A pastor and professional wrestler accepts a position at a struggling church where he helps the community both in his official capacity and his alter ego, the saint. Kind of sounds like an English uh, Lucha Libre, uh, Nacho Libre to me. Yes, but without the culture. Okay, so this is like in downtown <laughs> yes. Tio or something. It starred Roddy Piper. Did it really? Yes. Uh, Patrick McKenna. Nice. And Diane Carroll. Thank you, Carol. From... She a porgy and Bess. Oh, wow. I think she might have been in the Whiz too. <laughs> yes. uh, and she she pinched my ass, which I will never forget. Wow. Yeah, it was a great time. Not to try and one up you, but you know who pinched my ass? That's the, of the same. Please, ilk. Sharon Osbourne. Really? I, th- I bet you Sharon Osbourne and Diane Carroll might be the same age, similar age, maybe. Well, she's dead, Diane Carroll. Oh, well, then they're not the same yeah. age. Sharon's still Sharon, alive, Sharon right? Sharon won that battle. Yes. Okay, and so tell, tell us. Yeah. Well, I only want to talk about Diane Carroll now. Okay. She requested a teleprompter and never used it. And all her her wardrobe had to be turtlenecks because she hadn't had her neck done. And she's just my favorite person in the oh, world. Oh, I like the inside scoops. Yes. Here. And so it was this, It was based on a true story, apparently, about a wrestler who became a pastor. And I was not the pastor. I was the, just the best friend wrestler. Your Iceman. Yes. Yeah. And they did the classic wrestling movie thing where, you know, things turn real. And I was the guy who didn't want to lose. And Roddy <laughs> Piper was the booker. Oh. And he showed me the script. And he said, you know, we don't talk like this, right? I said, yes. And he said, well, I'm going to say whatever I want, and you can say whatever you want. I said, sounds good to me. (laughs) So in our scene, I mean, it's not even remotely on script. And it turns into an argument, and he ends with, uh, now go out there and do your job. And there's just silence. And the director jogs over and says, "Uh, Roddy, this is a Christian film. We can't really swear. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, who knew? (laughs) <laughs> it's the mass saint, Roddy. I thought, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was great, and he also said, you know, the more make sure you act hurt when you bump, because you get stunt pay. So in between takes, he would come over and rub my back. Brilliant. Yeah, 
What a sweet, sweet person. Now, you know, I also appeared in a movie with Roddy Piper. Called what? 1993's Immortal Kombat. Not really? to be confused with the more famous one with less uh, syllables. Yes. Immortal Kombat. Wow. There you go. And and did you have uh, any learning I, experiences with well, him? Well, um, I didn't have any real scenes with Roddy. I did have scenes with Sonny Chiba, <laughs> who oh, is wow. a martial arts legend who at the time was probably about 70 years old. And I was basically just nameless, faceless stunt guy. And Sonny gave me, you know, you do six, seven, eight takes, maybe yeah. more. The first three kicks, perfect. Barely grazed me. Fourth one, kind of got me. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth kick, this guy was kicking me in the face as hard as he could. You weren't telling for him? I wasn't telling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's continue with R.J. Yes. Skinner's uh, uh, acting career. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, a, a, a 2008 television series, mm-hmm. Murdoch Mysteries. You're familiar with Murdoch Mysteries, well, aren't you? Well, in the 1890s, William Murdoch uses radical forensic techniques for the time, yes. including fingerprinting and trace evidence to solve some of the city's most gruesome murders. Mm-hmm. I played... A wrestler. Wow, typecast. Yes. And I they think, had wrestling in 1890. Yes. Okay. And uh, true to me, I was the guy who told Murdoch none of this is real. <laughs> wow, you blew kayfabe a hundred years before it was proper. Yes, he blew his own kayfabe because they did a wonderful job making everything be a period piece, and then he showed up wearing like rainbow New Balance because he w- his feet were not on camera. And it was just ruining it for me. No respect yeah. at all. You know who else was on Murdoch Mysteries? Who would that be? Christian. Wow. Yep. He played a boxer. <laughs> like a pugilist, probably, because mm-hmm. it's 1890s. Yeah, right? a real Jack Johnson type. The type. Yeah. We'll do one more, and then we can go back to you before sure. we continue. Uh, another one I'd like to discuss. Well, it's just such uh, a deep resume. Of well, It's, yeah, it's a, quite a filmography. <laughs> I had to really leaf through it. Club Utopia, 2013. <laughs> Beautiful neurotic housewife becomes an exotic dancer in order to escape paradoxal, cheating, boring husband mm-hmm. who has a severe foot fetish that she abhors. Yeah. That's quite the tagline for the movie there. It was a guy who wrote one movie that they played on A&E once, and then he always wrote the same movie like that <laughs> all the time after that. And it also starred a guy, Brett Halsey, who was Diane Keaton's new husband in The Godfather 3. <laughs> That's what I remember. You've got your hand up to your forehead yes. now, like you're really going deep into it. It was memory. in that part of yeah, my yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. and he had a pencil thin mustache. I auditioned for the lead, and they were like, "You're t- you're too big. You have to be a bouncer." And but also, I'm not a bouncer. Right. I have no authority. No, no, no. So I did like a cool guy. Yeah, it's over there. You're big, but you don't have the real bouncer <laughs> vibe. To no. You. Yeah. I'm I'm good of talking my way out of a fight. You're more like a, you're like a good bar back. That's the the, the the friendly guy that's picking up the glasses and hey hey Schlotsky. Yes. How's I it may, going, buddy? I may have some experience in the field. How's yes. the wife? Yes. That's sort of like, uh, that movie you can watch for free on YouTube if anyone's interested. Okay, there's actually two more here. They're, Please. It's kind of a double feature because they're both uh, in the horror genre. Mm. First one, another television series, uh, 2011, My Babysitter's a Vampire. Yes. Ethan Morgan, his half-vampire babysitter and pals, battle against creatures from their nightmares. How does that work? I was. There was an episode where a mummy comes back to life. And I was one of the mummy's guards because, again, I was just so big. Mm. And we just missed the cutoff for, like, appropriating Egypt. So, like, I could not play that role anymore. <laughs> and when people post pictures, I'm like, I'm not retweeting this. But thank you very much. Um, 
I like the fact that they're uh, that the, the pals were involved. It's always good to have pals. It's always good to have friends. Chums. Yeah, that yeah, sort of and thing. and there was a guy in it. I think everyone else ended up being like famous mm. in it. So you go, oh, good. They're like kids actors. But they've now. never been on Talk as Jericho, so I would. Say no, they probably... haven't. Although it's not, I wouldn't say uh, the big... tightest club. <laughs> They've had 950 episodes. Give me a break. I, that's what it, I mean. It's a lot of content. I got to Hey, W's near the 50s now. Well, there you like, go. Wait till oh, you well. get past 100 and see you'll be getting freaking Chris Dispenza <laughs> on your show, the props guy. Uh, last one, yes. also from 2011, also in the horror field. It was a hot year for me. A hot year, good. And, and a scary one, apparently, mm-hmm. too. Monster Brawl. Eight classic monsters fight to the death in an explosive wrestling tournament set inside <laughs> an abandoned and cursed graveyard do you know the cast do you i, do, I don't know anything about it oh my god first of all kevin nash wow at the top of the list nice uh art hindle he was in porky's too oh wow he's he's a big canadian actor yeah, he's sure. on the actra magazines <laughs> dave foley from kids in the hall that's a big name jimmy hart oh wow herb dean herb dean the ref, the ref from ufc yes uh rosemary from impact wrestling Wow. Yep. Before, what? way before Rosemary was a thing. And, was uh, Rosemary Clooney involved by any chance? I wish. Yeah. She also kind of looked like Nathan Lane. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> you understand yeah, what I'm talking about? I know exactly about? what you're saying. And I played a real Eddie Murphy. I played the Wolfman and the Mummy. Wow. Yeah, dual roles. And you weren't allowed to play the Mummy in my Babysitter's a Vampire. Right. But they did give you the mummy role in Monsters Brawl, so you got you got finally the revenge. got my wish. Finally got your mummy. Really knocked it out of the park. That's amazing. I said, "I don't care about the Egyptian culture at all. Yeah. I'm taking it all for me." And they couldn't see your face in either one, I would assume. Unless, did you ever transform into a werewolf? I transformed into the werewolf. Oh, so good. So there's a scene where it's me and my wife, and I'm camping. That's how unrealistic this movie is. Is that I'm camping, <laughs> and she gets bitten by a werewolf. And uh, I, he, she gets killed, and then I want to become the werewolf to mm. seek vengeance. Avenge, yeah. Something. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was, oh, my God. You know who else is in it? Who? Guess who plays Frankenstein? Oh, my God. Who's one of the tallest Canadian wrestlers you know? Uh, Kurgan? Yes. No! Yes. The main event is me as the werewolf against Kurgan as Frankenstein. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, were they actually allowed to call you Frankenstein and werewolf? He was Frankenstein's monster. So or the monster. Yeah. And then I was the wolf, the werewolf. Yeah, because yeah, you can't Universal say Universal would be in, in coming knocking on your door. Yes. Right. I love the old Long Cheney Jr. holding sure. my hat and saying, please lock this door. Yeah. I didn't get to do that at all. So who won uh, the, the You fight? want me to just ruin the whole movie? That's the spoiler. Uh, statue of limitations is, is done since it was over 10 years ago. Frankenstein rips my head off. Wow. And then the door opens and it's Kevin Nash who is now turned into a zombie. Oh, and then they both have this stare down and they go to punch each other and that's the end of the movie oh. to set up the sequel that will never happen. Well, well never say never. No. You and I have uh, stumbled onto some money recently uh, in AEW. We could probably put together, what was the budget in that one, 50 grand? Uh, oh, no, it was a million. There was some something where it's like we take the money from this movie and turn it into this movie and whatever and I don't know how far they got. It's called a Ponzi scheme. It is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> if you're interested in investing, let me know and I can get you a discount. All right, get, take it back to you. Okay. That was a long segment. Oh, it was that. good. Yeah. You've mastered rock and roll or metal or whatever the hell it is. What's the next genre for you? Where's the concept album? Ska. Ska? Because mm-hmm. I would have said Chris Zydeco. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Let's get good. a washboard and some spoons and have a good time. 
<laughs> and you also previously bruised your your larynx. I did. To me, that's the opportunity to unplug the guitar, take it down a half step, and you go folk. You know, you're Christopher Jericho. It's like the reverse Dylan. It is the reverse Dylan. There was Dylan. a big brouhaha when Dylan went electric. Yes. And we'd have the same similar riots in the streets when Jericho went folk. Right. Uh, yeah. I could probably still do it because I'm now about 90% recovered, mm -hmm. but nobody has to know that. No. I could just say it's still bruised. I'm going tumbleweed. Yeah, it's like the know. Bob Orton, still selling the throat. Yeah, yeah. Answer, put a caster on my neck and yes. start singing Blowing in the Wind. The first line of Judas is, I'm cold like December snow. Why yes. not just say I'm cold? Well, it doesn't have the same poetic... Uh, well, snow is cold. December's cold. I got it. Depending if you're, I'm from Winnipeg, though. It's right. much colder in December. And you didn't want to say Winnipeg cold? I could have said... I, 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 see, the thing is, if you don't sing it, you don't know, like, what is it? I am cold... Like I, December snow. I could have said, like... Well, Winnipeg, this December, Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. I am cold like Winnipeg snow. It doesn't quite the same. Yeah, but it localizes it. it you does. don't want to alienate the Europeans? Well, I don't want to alienate the Winnipeggers. That's right. for damn sure. Right. You know, maybe maybe I am cold like Portage Avenue snow. That'd Very be much nice. better. That would be nice. Yeah. How do you feel about commercialization in music? Um, well, you know, when you see kind of you know, a uh, uh, revolution by the Beatles selling Ford trucks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. The more money you can make, the better, especially in this day and age, because you can't make money off of selling records. Right. They're basically just souvenirs that you're just giving away. People are just taking them. Yeah. I open a pancake store. People can't just come take the pancakes. Right. But they can do that with our music. So. Right. I wanted to read you the lyrics from one of your most underrated songs, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Don't You Wish You Were Me. Nice. Not the original, though. The one you did in a commercial for <laughs> YJ Stinger. <laughs> Good call. Don't you wish you were me. Everything a man should be. Don't you wish you could be the king of energy. Yeah. Don't you want sugar-free enraged raspberry. <laughs> yeah. Don't you wish you were me. Catch the buzz and feel the sting. Your reaction hearing those lyrics. Uh, complete and utter selling out, which is amazing. Um, but so what you what I had to do was literally go into the studio and recut the vocals with those lines. I right. remember it was sugar free, it was energetic blue raspberry or whatever the Enraged. hell it was. Enraged blue blueberry. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so we we did that commercial for YJ Stinger, which was a thing yeah. at the time. And of course it's an obvious connection with Y2J. YJ, right. RJ, RJ, RJ Stinger, you could have been involved. If it was only, if you know, only. Like maybe I could do a stack or two or something. <laughs> Even better. So yeah, so I did sing those lines in a studio, sugar-free, enraged raspberry. And you walked out with your head held high? I took that check for, you know, 73 bucks and put it right in my pocket. Good for you. I have another chunk here about your, go back. I'll, I have a big no, chunk no, no, here. No, no, go ahead. I went okay. long last time, so you go ahead. What I love about you is that at any point you could have said, take a hike wrestling, mm -hmm. I'm going Hollywood. And right. you never did other than the few times you did and then came back. Right. So I want to go through some of your credits right oh, now. Oh, you, you turned the, did you know I was going to do this no. in yours? No, no, no. We did, guys and girls, we did not compare notes before this uh, interview. We've talked about your episode of Nickelodeon's Figure It Out before. Yeah. Do you remember what talent the first contestant had on the show? I don't. Was it a kid, little kid? Yeah. Uh, harmonica player? No, he could do a backflip over his family on water. He was like water skiing, and well, he jumped just, his family like a Robbie Knievel. That's pretentious. Do you think the reliance on acrobatics instead of storytelling is what killed Figure It Out? Mm. 
it got pretty out of control with the acrobats. These little kids doing, like you said, the flips on the water, and then there was some break dancing involved and that sort of thing. But I think the problem was was the quality of the of the questions just mm-hmm. went downhill. They got a different uh, question writer, and he just, you know, when you start originally, they're talking about math, right, science, and then you start moving to like you know Three Stooges and and you know flavor of Kool Aid. Yeah, didn't have the same you know level of intelligence Prestige. that you came to expect. Yeah. from figure it out. Yes, but I still I still do have a very nice bath towel that was a parting gift. But where in your house is it? It's in one of the closets. Okay, it's not yeah. functional. It's not functional. No. It's not in ro- it's not in rotation. Right. Yeah. For someone who is a professional singer, you've done some shockingly bad singing on television. <laughs> You were on Celebrity Duets. Yes. They paired you with Peter Frampton, yeah. and you were eliminated in the first round. Yeah. What went wrong? Because I'm thinking, this guy's getting the Frampton rub. Okay, He's hold on. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what went wrong. Okay. So I auditioned with uh, What Goes Up Must Come Down, Spinning Wheel, <laughs> uh-huh. by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Not the P.P. Arnold version? Not the P.P. Arnold. Okay. And uh, Inner Sandman by Metallica. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that's my wheelhouse, rock and roll singing. First week, they pair me with Leanne... Oh, no, they pair me with uh, some country chick. I don't even know she was singing uh, a Willie Nelson song. Mm. Okay, Leanne Rhymes? No, it was Leanne's song. Womack? Was it Leanne a Womack? Womack yeah. Okay. Womack. <laughs> well, she ever a cold shoulder. Didn't want to be there. No. Took the phone it in. Yeah. Uh, so they gave me a Willie Nelson song. And then it wasn't a Peter Frampton song. It was Peter Frampton's version of Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. Mm-hmm. So you took the guy that came in singing Hetfield and Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and gave me Willie Nelson and Stevie Wonder. Right. Are you f- crazy? You were set up to fail? Set up to fail. Yeah. I was the fall guy. Yeah. And um, then Marie Osmond just picked you apart. Picked me apart. Well, you, know, you know who loved me, though? Mm. Little Richard. Did he pinch your ass? He, he did not pinch my ass, but he said that I made his toe stand up straight in his boot. And he hasn't felt that way since WrestleMania 10. Exactly. Oh, God and bless And Little him. Richard passed away just a few years ago. I have some great footage of Little Richard and I singing a song together. Wow. So even though I was the first one eliminated and really railroaded out on the on the 6 a.m. Uh, freight train, mm-hmm. I got uh, footage of Little Richard and I singing together, which is pretty cool. And then when he died, you must have went, great, I can tweet that video now. But that's exactly what I did. <laughs> he could engage Let me get a screen video of it, edit it down, put it up there. There you go. Right. I gotta, Always I gotta, take I pictures. Clout. I got the Little Richard clout. Yes. On an episode of Lopez Tonight... You duetted with former WCW champion and current idiot David Arquette. And what's notable about that is that there didn't seem to have been a rehearsal or a key. Well, for and David's part, <laughs> if you watch that back, I actually did really well. He yes. claimed that he had never heard the song. He was too busy showing up in his Macho Man outfit. Can we tell everyone what the really obscure song was? It was uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, who's heard that before? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> and that's to this day... Uh, I went to his house a couple years ago for his documentary, yes. and he still claims that he did not know the song, was not told what it was going to be beforehand, and that's why he sang it so bad. I heard that that had such a poor effect that Tony Khan had to pull some strings to get you back on TBS. After that? Yeah, they said, not this guy, please. They did he- invite me back to Lopez to be a part of a barbershop quartet. With that's who? With a uh, the rest of just you were the, the pinky in the barbershop okay. whatever they were called pinky yes. and the bean whatever they were and going. you went back I did and it was okay my dog has fleas and then David wasn't in it he was not no so he was gone you did celebrity duets you did Dancing with the Stars you did Mass Singer is there any reality show that's beneath you uh, well actually that's a great question because I have turned down quite a few <laughs> I would love to know here is a legit show <laughs> celebrity high diving mm. it was called Splash 
I'm not even kidding. And I'm going to pull another Please. Uh, Adam Carolla. And we're going to look up the cast of Splash. I was like, you got to be kidding me. A celebrity high diving show. And they're like, oh. Let me take it. I'm going to say like Barry Williams. Uh, th- there's a pretty good chance that there was probably a Brady Bunch member in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Coleman. <laughs> like celebrity cannibal. <laughs> off the- okay, check it out. Splash. 2013, celebrities perform increasingly difficult dives from heights of up to 10 meters. This is an actual thing that I turned down flat. But let's see who did not turn it down. You ready for this? Mm. Keisha Knight Pullum. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was a, not Tootie, was she the little kid from Cosby? Yes. Uh, Chai Bravo, the sidekick of Chelsea Handler. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't know who that is. Do you know how Kimmel had the one guy? Yeah, yeah, Uncle It was Fester, her, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nad- Nadam Mukong Su, mm-hmm. NFL defensive lineman. Okay. Here's one Kendra Wilkinson. Oh, wow. From the Playboy. Uh, yeah, and right. my co star from my season of Dancing with the Stars. And it all comes yeah, full yeah, circle. Yeah, full circle. Yeah. Catherine Webb, uh, Miss Alabama, USA. Mm-hmm. Lou- Not, don't say what year. Uh, okay. Louis Anderson. <laughs> I mean, this shit right That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> I really want to watch this now. I mean, right? Why you are you know? not doing a watch along? <laughs> and they must have looked you up and then gone, well, I can't believe jumping Chris Jericho said no. <laughs> yeah, so then there's the other, uh, uh, Nicole Eggert from Baywatch, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Louis Anderson are your selling points. Yes. And Keisha and I pull them. That's That fantastic. should be enough to have you watch that oh right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And your career has never been the same since. It hasn't. I'm no, probably, go ahead. It was the one that got away. Yes. Things would be a lot different here. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, and, uh, uh, and you called him a resident idiot. Yeah. David Arquette. <laughs> yes. is, there, is there a falling out? Because the first time I ever heard RJ City is you were kind of like his sidekick for a while. Yes. Yeah, you were um, like Chelsea. Uh, you like Chai Bravo, mm-hmm. the sidekick of Chelsea Handler, except for the sidekick of David Arquette. I always likened our relation to uh, I'm Charles Grodin, and he's Martin Short and Clifford. <laughs> he's he has the mind of a twelve year old. Trapped in the body of a rugged 12-year-old. That's how I would describe David Arquette. I love the fact you just brought up Clifford. Yes. Uh, please, next time you see Dr. Luther, tell him that you've seen Clifford. It's one of our all-time favorite movies. Off air, we yeah. need to have a conversation about the uh, extra bonus Spinal Tap footage they cut out. Excellent. Yes. We should probably do a watch-along of Clifford at some point. Clifford. I would love to. Um, so you uh, compared David Arquette to a 12-year-old living in the body of a 12-year-old. Yes. Uh, how, did you, how, how did your relationship uh, end? It's still going on, unfortunately. Because oh, okay. yeah. you were tag team partners. We were tag team part. Well, we wrestled, and then we decided to team together. He clued in quite quickly that only when he teams with me does he not get hurt. Mm. You know, he had a few accidents yeah. uh, in the ring. Sure. And his wife certainly preferred me being involved. I was the guy who said, hey, David, just say no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you are a big guy. Sure. So at least if you're what are you, CWA Hollywood champion, I mean, I'm sure you're twice the size of any other dude in that whole locker room. Yes, there. sure. Yeah. I don't want to bury Peter Avalon, but well, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you throw your weight around. No, there. you know, what happened was when he did the documentary, he was kind of dead set on they're going to take me, I'll, I'll be in the Royal Rumble, that'll be the end, or I'll be in the Hall of Fame. And I, you know, tried to say, David, you don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. So when, when we started doing our stuff, Scott Demore messaged me and he was like, hey, here's a ring and our TV, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Dreamer did the same thing. For Impact. For Impact. Yeah. And for Ring of Honor, 
my idea was let's try to do it's when they were at Madison Square Garden. I said, let's mm. try to do that battle royal. That way you can say you performed at the garden. That's like, cool. That's an ending, yeah. right? But he was so WWE set that we turned all of that down. And then they kind of played footsie with them. Mm. And I think when the light tube stuff happened, they right. thought this is our exit. Wow. Which fair enough. Which is funny because originally in the third week of AW, I wrestled Jungle Boy mm -hmm. and we wanted to get some of his like celebrity friends there. And we asked David Arquette and he said he was going to show up and then day of show said he couldn't make it because he didn't want to mess with the WWE documentary. Right. And they ended up messing with him. Yeah. The yeah. old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. He got running. strung along nice and good. Yeah. And now did he almost get killed by Nick Gage for real? Um, I, It was very bad. I yeah. think they, you know, it was a deep, deep. I guess puncture wound Very in his deep neck. Cut. Yeah, and I, I don't think uh, he was prepared for that at yeah. all. You know, it's not uh, not something I would have done. He's dangerous enough of a person as it is, <laughs> David. So whatever. But he he uh, is the new owner of Bozo the Clown, and Wait. that's not a bit. It, that's that's the messed up thing is when you have people like that, and you have to go. This is not a bit. He bought the trademark to Bozo the he Clown? He owns the, the whole thing now and he's reviving it and trying to make clowns less scary. He has a, a new female a Bozo of color named Jozo Bozo and he's been the regular Bozo now and he's doing a whole thing. What an amazingly mm -hmm. Arquettean project. Yes. Like that fits David Arquette to a T. Yes. I went to David Arquette's house for a great edition of Talk is Jericho. Yes. Met his uh, wife who looks a lot like his first wife. It's really kind of uh, eerie. And he has a ring set up in his backyard. Yes. And he's very excited about it and he you know, really wanted to wrestle. That's where I first met Jungle Boy. There you go. See David all... Arquette's Olive Garden-ish backyard <laughs> yeah. with a ring in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Let's go ahead. <laughs> when you did the dinner debonair the New York Times credited MJF with one of the best performances of the year, yes. and not you. You got yeah. New York Times heat? Well, I got screwed out of a singing show again, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I don't know why, because I, I wrote that segment. Mm -hmm. He had the initial idea to do something like a fantasy sequence like you saw in Rocket Man, the right. Elton John uh, biopic, or is it biopic? Well, it's biopic. It's myopic in a sense, too. Okay. The, to say biopic to me is myopic because I think it's biopic. Correct. Okay. So um, so he wanted to do like Tiny Dancer. And I was like, it doesn't really fit our vibe. We should do something some more of a partner song. And I think I might have like Googled songs for duets for guys <laughs> and me and my shadow came up. And Tony Khan, uh, I don't know if he liked the idea, but he <laughs> said, you can do it. Just don't make it a dream sequence. Right. Make it like it really happens. Commit to it. Commit to it. Yeah. So, because, uh, you know, Tony doesn't like the backstage uh, with no, cam uh, no cameras backstage, the phantom cameras. Yes. So that's how it all came about. Right. And we recorded the vocal. We Max came to my house and we rehearsed it a couple times. And then we recorded the vocal there uh, in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And we did the big elaborate dance sequence with the Jacksonville cheerleaders yes. and did the big edit and put it together. But here's what people don't know if you want a real uh, behind-the-scenes story. About two hours before Dynamite, we finished the edit. Mm. I'll say three hours before. And about 30 minutes later, we get this call. Uh, you guys can't use that version of the song or the, the, uh, the publisher will sue, will sue us. Why? They had some kind of a beef with the guy who played like trumpet on that version of the song. And they forbade us to use. You can use the song. Right. You just can't use that version. This thing has been edited to the track of the song. Wow. So we then had to get Mikey Ruckus, mm -hmm. our AEW music guy. Can you do 
me and my shadow like in 20 minutes and he played the background track added the our vocal on top and then we we, we re-edited it because it was a little bit out of sync mm. and then you have to put it into the system to where it has to download into the truck right. which takes about 45 minutes this thing was cleared and ready to go literally 15 minutes before it aired and tony at one point went you guys are gonna have to do it live like we can't do it live there's there's cheerleaders sure. and dancers and so that was to the nick of time right to the wire like a macgyver wow. uh yeah to, uh, avoided uh, almost a pure disaster well it's so fascinating to hear all the work you put into it because here's the review oh sorry it was less than spectacular though not for anything friedman did it was a duet who the hell else are they talking about i guess me right that's like saying Simon and Garfunkel are shit, but it's not Paul Simon's fault. <laughs> was that in the New York Times? Yeah. So the New York Times not only did not put my name on it, but but maligned me too. you. Yeah. Well, now I have a problem with the New York Times. Yeah. Well, also in Danhausen's New York Times article, they called me a fellow AEW wrestler. So I don't think they're exactly the paper of record. But how did Danhausen get a, a a New York Times article? Maybe they never heard him sing. <laughs> there you go. Or I, should, or I should have worn white face makeup. Yes, that's, that's the, it. The, the, white face. That's the term that's you should the term. use. That's That'll help term. his career a lot. <laughs> you were trained in improv by the Groundlings. Yes. When will that be complete? Well, uh, I actually had obviously done improv prior to mm -hmm. that many times. We used to stand in the middle of the ring for 20 minutes after the show and just do improv. Me and Rock and me and Steve and Pat Patterson would go crazy. You guys do this great 20-minute match and you stand up there and do bullshit for half an hour. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh, but Rock and I liked it, mm -hmm. and Steve and I liked it. So when and this is Don Morocco, uh, yeah, good, yeah, the, the Rock, yeah, the original The Rock, Don the Magnificent Rock. Don The Rock, Rock, yeah, right. Rock, yeah, and uh, Austin Gunn. Um, so we uh, did that improv, and then when I got invited to the Groundlings, I was really good at it. But they said you are great at the like high spots, but you need to learn the foundation. Mm -hmm. So then I trained with the, the fine-tuning the fine-tuning yes. studied with the groundlings and i appeared with them for almost two years cooking with gas is mm -hmm. the sunday show I'm familiar. and i would fly in usually i'd say two or three times a month to do that show and it was great because they said it's called the phil hartman theater on melrose and there's 99 seats mm. and they said if you kill it you just killed it in front of 99 people if you bomb you just bombed in front of 99 people so just go out there and learn right so does does the uh the training ever com be completed in right. anything we do in life right and i'm sure that improv background helps you when you're doing a wrestling promo and randomly decide to add the word bitch at the end of a sentence sure right or do hey ew i've worked very hard on that yeah it's, you know what did I do? people are still finding out the name of the show oh. they think it's hey ooh. that i thought it was for a while i thought it was like you like hey ooh. yeah no hey that's EW. The, it's a cheap stuff but that's why i'm trying to get it over because this Thank talk you. is jericho is going to be heard by millions of people. Yes. You know, hey, EW is heard by about seven or eight. Once this drops, I'll be staring at my social media and I will let you know it's how many people start following It's going to be like a slot machine, like bing, 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 Yeah, bing. I'm going to get <laughs> Paul Stanley's assistant, maybe. And Paul Simon's. I would I'll, love I'll that. Back. I'm a Paul Simon guy. Yeah. Do you remember when you were going to wrestle Mickey Rourke at WrestleMania? Then his people were like, no, 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 hold up. He's going to win an Oscar. Yeah. So then they canceled. And yeah. then he didn't win an Oscar. Yeah. Does no it clue. bother you to have a neutral effect on the Academy? Wow. Yeah. Um, I think by I think at that point he was in the running uh, to win. And then when he announced that match, they went with milk. Right. Yeah. So I have an adverse effect on the Academy, and but apparently a positive effect on milk. 
Mm-hmm. Because they also, the milk sales for the members of the academy went up 17%. Yes. Well. 2% only. I, do, you, do you notice what I just did? You took your watch off. Because it was shining. And I didn't want to get it in your eye. Was, it turned it was, out to yeah. be my watch. Yeah. Yeah. It was burning a hole in my forehead. I'm actually. sorry. It's weird. I feel like an ant. Doing some, uh, some research. Please. Of course. Uh, I would like for you to tell me a little bit of the tale. <laughs> Of your NXT tryout <laughs> uh, that I heard you discuss with one of my all-time favorite people, uh, Xavier Woods. Yes. So my understanding was it, it was the first tryout under Triple H, like the first of these modern tryouts. It was Kang. It's based drills and... Yes. Yeah. But it was Kang and Siemens' first day on the job kind of thing. Worst name ever. You know, when I called him, because he called me, left a message, and I called him back. It's like, say the name of the person. And I tried to give him deference. And I was like, Canyon Seman? And it was not working. And they were finally, it's just like, ah, Canyon Seaman. But God bless him. I mean, he lives with it. He could have changed if it. If it was like Canyon Smith or like Dave Seaman, right. it's a little bit more livable. But Canyon Seaman? It's a lot going on at once. Both of those handles are terrible. Yeah. No, yeah. pick a lane. Yeah. And I was tremendously excited. Who was in the tryout? Me. Dax Harwood, Sasha Banks, Sami Zayn, wow, Jimmy Jacobs, uh, Elias, big big names, big names. Yeah. Relative, well, I now, yeah, sure. Before that, nobody really, yeah. you know, whatever. And I was all ready to go. It was a big. It was at FCW, so it was like before wow, NXT, right? Yeah, just before it closed. And they said, just you know, go do your thing. So my my promo was that I, I got a manicure two days before and the woman cut my cuticle. There was a lot of bleeding. Needless to say, she doesn't oh, work there anymore. Right. But I was in such pain that I almost canceled this. Mm. I almost canceled the whole thing. But I realized that with the, the geyser of talent I'm sitting on, it would be wrong of me to not come here and entertain you <laughs> no matter how much pain I'm in. The geyser of talent. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. And then I sang some Ethel Merman, and then there was just a dead silence. What Ethel Merman song did you choose? Let's go on with the show. Oh, Because nice. it was apropos of to course, my, of course, right? Of course, of course. Just a bizarre, Xavier Woods was filming it in the crow's nest. So that's how like small this was, that he was like, can you be the cameraman? Dead silence. So it's Canyon Seaman and, and Hunter? It was every agent, Dusty. producer, Dusty, Terry Taylor, Jim Ross, Perry Saturn. But why wouldn't those guys get a get a laugh out of this rather than just generic, you know, I'm going to give it 100%, brother? I don't know. Okay. Wouldn't you know better? Wouldn't you see some of those people being just totally befuddled by oh, me? Oh, yeah, probably. Who is this guy I think he is coming here trying to be entertaining? Yes. He needs to pay his dues. Yes. Yeah. Because all the other promos were just people telling their life stories. They yeah. had really hard lives and cry. And, like, those were good, but those were it's not what I did. show you got the sports entertainer. Yes. I said, let's make a left. <laughs> and total silence. And then Dusty went, uh, that with excellent, baby. Oh. And I was like, well, great. He got it. Of Fantastic. course, Dusty would get it. Yes. Yeah. So then they were asking about Splatalux. I was doing that at the time, which is probably what did me in, in hindsight. And then I think John Cena's trainer was there. Maybe he was training the guys. And he said, can you do a monologue from your show? I said, no, it's improv. I can do some improv. And they said, okay. And I said, I'd like to bring the room down for a moment. And I sat down on the ring and I said, <laughs> you know, this has been a hard week and a lot of it's very stressful, but there's been a guy who has always a smile on his face. And I want to sing. Oh, but first, I looked over and Perry Saturn was there. And he had the like that Mike Tyson tattoo and total stone face. Kind of and I said, eyes yes. Kind of, yeah. I said, Perry, can I see the back of your hands a moment? And he just showed me the back of his hands. And I said, ah, 
Just wanted to see the rings of Saturn. Huh? And not that room was so heavy. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, it's very stressful. There's one guy who's always had a smile on his face. I want to sing a song to him right now. And I turned to Bill DeMott, who was the head trainer at the time. And I sang him the theme for Mary Tyler Moore. What did Bill think? He was cool with me after. Yeah. But I think, you know, he had a face on that you can't, you know, say he, he made a love boat joke to me afterwards. <laughs> okay. But I think I think everyone was resoundingly, conf at best, confused. So you did not get uh, a call back. Well, I I got a call back, and oh. they said no. no. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Well, so I, I would to me, I would think that was probably a better way of approaching it because at least you show exactly who you are. Yes, and I thought this is a good way to go out. Yeah, well, yeah, you go out and go out in a, in a ball of fire. Yes, and I go said, I'll, I'll sneak into a Zoom call of yours 10 years from now. Right. So long, everyone. And after that, get your own show and then end up on Talk is Jericho. See, yes. See, kids, dreams oh, do come true. Yeah, and Jim Ross was there, and I guarantee you when he did Hey, he had no remembrance of it. <laughs> do you work here, he said? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, a couple more questions here. Yes. Yeah. You're the narrator for Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Do you think you'll do your own episode? I haven't really done anything too dark yet. Unless can you can this, you just you, read the can you give me the solemn Jericho voice and just read the okay. bold underline? I know if you're planting seeds. Are you gonna? Well, I think this in? is a good underline for you. Right. That on the bottom there. I have to get into the because they always want me yeah. to say this certain way. Take a minute. And when the police arrived, they found Jericho dead in his leather pants buried under a mountain of catchphrase trademark paperwork. Huh? That's Isn't good. that nice? That's good. You had a web series on CBC in Canada called But I'm Chris Jericho. Yes. And I know that because I had a crafting web series also on CBC at the same time. And when you came in to do press to the CBC building, they asked about you doing my show and I was told that you said no. Do you have any recollection of this incident? You will not hurt my feelings any more than what, they already are. What kind of a show is it? It's called The Cynical Crafter, and it was a parody crafting show. Like like arts and crafts? Yeah, but it was a, it was a joke. They were real crafts, no, but it was a joke. Okay, now, honestly, a thousand percent, I don't see myself saying no to something like that. Yes. Because I would understand the ridiculousness of it and the comedy of it. Because, But I'm Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho in But I'm Chris Jericho world would go on the crafting show. Right. And something stupid would happen to him. Right. So I would say that you were probably given a bum steer in that account unless A, it wasn't described to me the mm -hmm. way that you just did or they just didn't even bother asking. Right. Because I would have done that show. Thank I you. would still do that show. I have the closure now. Yes. You were interviewed by Larry King multiple times. Yes. Do you think he thought you were a different person every time? No, he actually called me. It's my boy, Chris Jericho. <laughs> he actually called me his boy. And the one time he stood up, because we, they called me one time, because for whatever reason, he, he loved interviewing me. And he was my, my all-time favorite guy to get interviewed by. Yeah. Because he didn't give a shit what you were there to promote. Sure. What, you got a book or something? Well, let's talk about like, Whatever. So the one time he came to WWE uh, uh, to Monday Night Raw mm -hmm. in Anaheim at the uh, at the Arrowhead Pond, and he specifically asked me to take a take him on a tour <laughs> of the backstage area, and Vince is like, I, I said I want to do it, and Larry's like, No, I want Jericho to do it. Like I don't want this this other shit. This I want this guy. And when he stood up, I was like, Larry, you actually have legs. Isn't that so strange? And he was like, yeah, I've never heard that one before, Chris. And I think it might have hurt our relationship a bit. Mm, you didn't get another minutes. call. Yeah, from I did. Yeah, I did, actually. And then also, as we walked outside, you know who was standing there? Lindsay Lohan. Just panhandling? She basically was just there. And uh, I 
bummed a smoke off of her. Wow. And had a cigarette with Lindsay Lohan. So it's quite. And, and Larry watched you guys? Yeah, I think he'd already hobbled oh, off okay. to wherever the Well, because he, he was, was insulted. His, it was the 30, 30 year old wife and his right. twins and everything. Yeah. Fair enough. So I, I, I insulted Larry King, perchance. Yeah. But I got to have a cigarette with Lindsay Lohan. I think and that's And this was right. pre Lindsay Lohan fall. So she still was mm-hmm. pretty high up on the peak, ladder. Peak Lohan. Peak Lohan, yeah. yeah. I was in the crowd for WrestleMania 18. And I was blown away by your professionalism because I remember sitting there watching The Rock and Hulk Hogan and thinking how loud the crowd was and going to myself, how are they going to top this? And you said, we're not. And you went out there and you intentionally cooled them down and you sent them home relaxed. And that's, you know, (laughs) understanding that the business is bigger than all of us. And I respect that. And I just wanted to thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I petitioned and and pleaded and politicked hard not to go on after Hogan and Rock. But the other participant in said match, which was mine, insisted that the championship goes on last. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this is Tyson versus Ali. Right. What are we going to do? And the answer was nothing. Yes. Yeah. What I admire about you is that you always listen to the fans. If they have a critique, you lend an ear. A couple weeks ago, a fan tweeted, the only one who got over in the Jericho Ring of Honor feud was Chris Jericho. And you received it, you processed it, you thought about it, and you replied, go f*** your ass. How are you so (laughs) open-minded? Well, I don't suffer fools lightly. Right. And anybody who knows anything about wrestling, that's such a ridiculous comment. And to be honest with you, I bet you if you looked at the time of that, it's probably at after midnight or so. And mm-hmm. as, as Jim Ross always says, nothing good happens after midnight. So I probably was just like, this is stupid. Go f*** your ass. So, yeah, that was that was probably a little bit of a alcohol-infused response. Speaking of going and f- you once trademarked GFY. There's a GFY shirt on shopaw.com. You've not said it in months and months and months. When was the last time you've gone and f- yourself? Here's the funny story with that one. I was working on getting this catchphrase over GFA. Or go fuck yourself. Yes. GFY. You forgot it already. Maybe that was the first problem. I wasn't quite sure what it was. So GFY, GFY, GFY. John Moxley comes back from, uh, from, from rehab. Looks like a million bucks. He's rejuvenated. He saved his life. He's lost weight. He looks like a killer. He walks into the crowd, into the ring, starts doing a promo, and someone yells out, Hey, Moxley, you drunk. And Moxie on live TV goes, why don't you go f*** yourself? And as soon as he actually said, go f*** yourself, GFY just didn't have quite the same sting. Right. So Moxley killed that one off. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It would have died a death probably the next week anyway. I just want to say, if you ever feel like bringing it back, yeah. I think I've earned being told to go f*** myself. I could. So I would love to be the first person. Is this going to be another one of those ones where you, where you want to use it? like? Bad no, no. I thought I would be a good it? target. Yeah. Oh. I feel like in the, I can help it. And I go, well, that was well earned. Okay. You know well, what I mean? I'll put that in the, in the proverbial pocket and I'll save it. Thank you. If you ever cross me, you're going to hear it. I appreciate it. Okay. Are we winding? You want me to wind down? Give me, the give big... me two more. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got one last one for you. Oh, okay. Fantastic. You've been accused of working with young talent as a means to boost your own career. I am going to name... <laughs> Some young upstarts you've worked with. Tell me what you think you've done for them. Okay. August 29th, 1996, you defeated Jerry Flynn. Mm. Jerry doesn't wrestle anymore. So, yeah, um, I, I probably mm-hmm. ended his career. Mm-hmm. I remember um, I tried, or he was supposed to give me a slingshot. 
And the number one rule of slingshot is you put your knees behind the guy's ass. Mm -hmm. That's how you can actually it's do physics. the maneuver. Phys yes. Simple yes. physics. He did not do that. So when he went down for the slingshot, I just stayed there. Mm. And that was kind of the story of the match. Yeah. It just went downhill from there. Right. As yeah. much as it was an allegory, I it guess. It really was. Yeah. Jerry Lynn, however. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, just but so it's know. fun to say Flynn. It is. And Jerry F. Lynn, who was a, a jobber out of Calgary, and isn't, uh, was never really good. They never all got together yeah, and started yeah, a faction. Yeah, you and Jim Powers lost to the team of Rough and Ready, Dick Slater and Mike Enos. Wow. When was the last time you caught up with Jim? <laughs> you know what is so funny? And that's a great question. I said to somebody the other day, I think that I could be the guy, like after a flare and those types of guys, because my career salon that has worked with more like top names than anybody currently wrestling. Mm. You talk from Japan and Mexico. You talk about that. Dick Slater. I worked with Dick Slater. And I totally forgot about that till right now. That sounds just like a random video you know, I, game simulation of a match. I should give Jimmy Jimmy Powers a call because a lot of times when they're such a popular tag team, yep. and they break up. Yep. Guys go, who is the Shawn Michaels? Yeah. Who is the Marty Jannetty? Yeah. Of you and Jim Powers. Who would you say ended up being the Shawn Michaels? And who would you say ended up being the Marty? Well, I mean, f to the guy that uh, said that the, the, the only guy who benefited from the Ring of Honor championship feud was me, mm -hmm. I'm probably the Marty Jannetty because you right. can't please guys like that. Jim looks good. He does look good. But you know what's even better? Mm. You left out who was our manager for that night. Sherry Martell? Teddy Long. Oh, isn't that wonderful? As baby faces. And you said, this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, this is my ticket to the big time. Oh, my God. Didn't, didn't happen. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, please. Go ahead. All right. Um, I want to know your thoughts on uh, RJ Brewer, <laughs> who is another professional wrestler who, well, let me tell you his career bio here. Uh, Big-time wrestling heavyweight champion yep. three times. Chaotic wrestling champion two times. Cha uh, chaotic tag team champion with Vince Vicalo. Mm-hmm. Television champion, Triple Crown champion, Hall of Fame, East Coast Wrestling Association heavyweight champion, Eastern Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion, Lucha Libre USA, National Wrestling Superstars, New England Championship Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Pure Championship, Squared Circle Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked in 144 out of the top 500 in 2012. Do you feel he's more successful? He's the more successful RJ. Uh I feel like looking in the mirror and saying, who, who do you think you are? Mm. You know what I mean? It hurts It hurts me with the choices I made in my career. And mm. that's certainly a re regret to you not do a deeper scroll when I Googled RJ wrestler. <laughs> you think if you would have been like PJ or CJ, that mm -hmm. you might have been more successful actually in, well, in, then in I the got, square Well, then I got a Polacco coming after me. Uh, you know what I mean? CJ, Chris Jericho's a CJ. Right. A and DJ? I, on Dwayne Johnson. Uh, and also, lest we forget, DJ Gabriel mm. from the new ECW. And he had that wonderful disco gimmick with Alicia Fox. <laughs> How can we forget these? Maybe just the initial wasn't the way to go for you. No. I had a guy, and I don't know if it was him, but I think it was another RJ. I was going through my, you know what? I'm not getting signed. Let me enjoy not being signed phase. And my tweets were so salacious that he said, please, as another RJ... Can you stop tweeting like this? Because people think it's me. And I appreciate it. Maybe it was RJ Brewer. My apologies to him. I would have to say, uh, as we close out today, yes. that that might be the first time in almost 10 years that the word salacious was ever used on Talk is Jericho. You've got to have better people in the show. Maybe less Arquettes. 
Can I, I do have a close. You want oh, me to have sure, a nice? Yeah, of yeah, course, okay. yes. All right. Gross. It's a good it's, finale. It's, yeah. <clears throat> when is the new book coming out? That's is there more to it? Yeah, there is more to okay. it. Okay. Um I haven't started it yet. Okay. Yeah. I got a couple titles. Okay. If you're interested. Yeah, I, I probably have to do another one at some point. Because I did five books in the course of 15 years. Right. Nobody should be writing that many books about themselves. No. So I need to take some time just to let, let people you know, yeah. anticipate it. Well, maybe these will be some thought starters, these okay. titles. Okay, okay, I promise this is the last book unless something else happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How to get free tickets to a professional sporting event by claiming it's good press. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm putting people over now so they'll be nice to me when they write their books. Mm-hmm. Um. F- is it two-letter word? <laughs> uh, it's been long enough. That guy, here's what actually happened. And that could apply to a bunch of a different myriad. things. Right? It gets people intrigued. Yeah. I didn't hire a ghostwriter, so enjoy the poor sentence structure. Mm-hmm. If I was less famous, this would be a Facebook post. <laughs> and Oh, I like this one. But I'm Chris Jericho, a collection of Chris's best tweets complaining to brands he's had bad customer experiences with. <laughs> I could probably do a book with that. But, you know, I always get results. Yeah. I'm doing that great. for the common man. Thank you. That doesn't have four million subscribers. Right. You know what I mean? I appreciate it because yeah, right. all their Delta flights have gotten better, too. Well, yeah. Let me say f- Daryl from uh, Hilton, uh, Kansas City. You're supposed to say Daryl. Get your catchphrase over. Oh, sorry. Derek. Oh, sorry. It's Derek, by the way. Derek. Yourself so much better, and finally, I've still got it. And there's an asterisk, and then on the back, the asterisk says the need for attention. That's a good one, that though. It's self deprecating because I always have the tagline. So, if I actually do you know, Chris Jericho's sixth book, I still got it. Dot 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 the need for attention. Yes, just let me write one blurb on the back, and you can take that free of charge. So, we now have like two extra pages here. Which we will use yeah. on the next episode. Yes. What is this called? Hey, hey. Hey is Jericho. Hey is Jericho. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me get this in. How about hey you? It's Jericho. <clears throat> People think that we already established. Okay. We don't want to. Get, we don't want to leave them that. Can direction. I get this in before the sponsors get mad? Hey is Jericho is brought to you by Nebraska Lamb Ba Ba Barbecue. Don't be a little Bo Peep. Pile a big heap of the Corn Husk State's juiciest plate. Nebraska Lamb in like a lamb, out also like a lamb. Oh.